The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. What's up, everybody? Michael Govier, host of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is the Power Half Hour. Plausible Prospect Power Half Hour with Phil Goyette. He's right there. It's Plausible Podcast on Twitter and all standard social medias. Sub our YouTube channel right here. Let's get the following going for 2022. Plazo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Sub. Phil Goyette, the prospect guru. There it is. Sub, yes. Sub. 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 Sub weasel. Phil. You are the prospect guru of the Palazzo Podcast Power Prospects Half Hour. Yeah. How you doing? Good, brother. Good. Lots of excitement this week in the baseball universe. Go Tigers. Ins- yeah. Insanity. The well, Tigers, the Bi- you know, the Baez news was actually breaking as I was I was waking up this morning. <laughs> but I'm in the future. So That's right. Uh, they were working on it until 4 in the morning or something I saw somewhere today. So, yeah, they work the really, really hard. Look at little Avila get the job done. Good job, buddy. Hey, get in there, Al. So, uh, yeah. So, I'll ask you the same question I asked last week. Now that the Tigers are doing stuff, do you think we see uh, Torkelson sooner rather than later this year? Ooh, deja vu. <laughs> Boy, it feels like a familiar question that you've asked me. And, yes, <laughs> I suppose it, I, I think we're both kind of on the – Right track here. They didn't spend the money for Korea. Yeah, but they spent were. an they did spend money. Still $140 million for Javi Baez. So El Mago is going to be the man at shortstop. His defense is still pretty good, right? That's cool. And yeah, definitely. Maybe. Yeah, he's maybe. a Spencer plays he's third a, and gets they trust him at third because Javi's there to kind of pick him up at short. What do you think of that? Like, does he have the range to cover Torkelson at third? I don't know. Maybe that seems like a huge experiment that you don't really want to try. I guess if you're a team, you're going to try it out, you know, go for it as the Tigers. But I don't know, man. It's like asking too much of Baez, I think, to cover that. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's a bit it's a bit of an Tor- excessive move. Well, look, put Torkelson at first in DH and let him learn under Miggy. And uh, I think I just wanted to see him up as soon as the season starts, which probably isn't going to happen. That's just my no? Pollyanna approach that that you know he's so good he's gonna play right away so he's so good go tigers uh matt williams says good afternoon or whatever time it is for phil that would be uh 11 o'clock oh, yeah. for phil 10 ish so. oh it's 10, 10 5 hours 
shit. 10.03. Yeah, it changes. So uh, oh, we don't do daylight right. savings the same weekend that you guys do. So there is a period where it's like four hours and then it's five and then it's all over. Well, yeah. So uh, we do the show every Monday or Tuesday, depending what happens in the world. Sometimes people have to go dog sitting and take dogs home and things get busy and you have to take them to the vet. And they're your mom's dog and you don't necessarily want to do it, but you do it anyways. And, uh, you know, we try to do it on Mondays, but we do it every week, once a week, right here on the Plausible Podcast YouTube channel. And it's on our podcast feed for those of you listening in the podcast form. Hello. Good to have you here. So Hello. Spencer Torkelson might not come up. Probably not. I don't see that happening much sooner. It doesn't change for Riley Green. Uh, there were some other moves, though, beyond the Javi Baez signing. And real quick on the Javi Baez signing, because this is not a full-on Palazzo Podcast episode. We focus on prospects here. But I initially reacted negatively to the signing because I thought of him from a fantasy perspective. So that was a little unfair. And I was kind of called out for that by Ryan Venancio, friend of the show. And he kind of oh, got yeah. me thinking, hey, why are you so angry about this? Why are you so why are you so disappointed with the Javi Baez signing? And I started to think, well, wait, it's not my money. What do I care? And yes, his offensive numbers, especially with plate discipline, we know some of the contact rates in the zone, not so great. They seem to be deteriorating a bit as he ages. That'll be a problem down the road. But for right now and right here, if you're looking to take the next step, shit. I guess I have to give Chris Ellis credit. I'm grateful that he spent $140 million when I never even dreamed that he would spend a combined, what is it, 210 plus million when you throw in Eduardo Rodriguez. So, yeah. I, I got to rethink I this. Think- and I go, uh, Venancio, credit for making me rethink that. So, thank you, Ryan. You're a good man. You really nailed the signing when we talked last time. I said Correa, and you said there's no way they're going to spend that. I could see him spending about half that, or I think is exactly what you said, which is basically <laughs> essentially what they did. For uh, Baez. So, I mean, and he's a maybe a step down from Correa, but it's not a gigantic step down, I don't think. It's not a, it's not a too low, you know, he's not double the value of Baez. So, um, it seems like a good get for the Tigers. And uh, And I think I'm just, I'm totally winging this. uh, But I think I recall that Baez, when he moved to New York, a lot of the plate discipline stuff actually got a lot better for that little stretch run with the Mets. Um, and he kind of looks like a different player when he does that. He can do that, run hot and cold. Uh, but for fantasies, it kind of got that can win you a league if he gets really hot. So or has really good Babbitt for a season. Absolutely. Completely agreed. Uh, Matt Williams wants his no. He's a Mets fan. Homer topic for the prospect show. Nick mm. Plummer. Discuss Nick Plummer. I don't even know who Nick Plummer is. So fill us in, Phil. You kind of got me on that one too, Matt. I know that the Mets signed him to a major league deal sort of out of the blue. I can't remember if he was a see Red Sox prospect that the Red Sox uh, cut loose as a minor league free agent that the Mets then uh, went in and signed. I don't know him off the top of my head. I think that's, I think that's about correct, but they gave him a major league deal. Is that really? right? Huh? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Matt, you stumped the, the stump. You stumped the master himself. How about that? Well done. I don't know anything about Nick Plummer. Where is he going to play? Uh, Outfielder. Does this mean Conforto's Conforto's gone? Yeah. yeah, Conforto is gone. He's not. Yeah, they they signed Nick Plummer to a major league deal. Um, So that suggests he's got to be on the active roster, yeah? To start the season, they're going to keep him. 
So I read about this guy last week. Actually, I know who this guy is now. Now, okay, I just didn't know him from name recognition, but I was on the Triple Play podcast last week. For some reason I was representing the Mets in the NL East like breakdown. Cardinals, because yeah, I, I, I enjoy the Mets. They're fun for some reason. They're like my National League adopted team. I don't really know why. I like the color scheme. I just like the color scheme. But yeah, yeah Nick Plummer was a the guy they took a chance on. So okay, now I know who this player is. Yay! Cardinals outfield prospect. I was wrong. Um, so, so I don't know. It, 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 they seem to have a lot of players that can play in the outfield mix, um, including the two that they've signed. I think since they signed Plummer, I think they signed Canada and uh, they signed Starling Marte since, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, Canha, Starling Marte. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where the spot is for him. Nimmo. Uh, I guess maybe Conforto. I don't know if Conforto's not coming back. He's going to the White Sox. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know where he would play. Dom Smith's got to play somewhere. Uh, Jeff McNeil can play outfield. He still plays outfield too. I know they don't yeah, want Jeffrey. him to anymore, but yeah, Jeffrey might JD Davis. Too. I don't know. Yeah. They're That's a mess. Flux. That's a mess. And they got, it's, they got yeah. a Khalil Lee last year. Remember him? Yes. There you go. Yeah. So we had a nice where? season. How, how nice this season guy would have to wow, right? Wouldn't he have to wow? To make any type of impression, like in spring training or something. To... Yeah, but if they if they have him on the major league deal, maybe they view him as like a fourth outfield guy that can lock the spot down, and they'll just give him sporadic playing time or something. So, okay, well, he was a former Curious. number twenty three overall pick in twenty fifteen. He's a first round pick, and the yep. Cardinals let him go instead of opting to keep him on the forty man roster, and that's how it goes. So. Could be a nice move. It seems like a smart, simple, easy signing. So we should know who Nick Plummer is, and I'm glad you brought him up, Matt. You did not ruin the show. Thank you. This is what the show is all about. <laughs> Prospects. Uh, Stump the chumps. We had a comment before the show even aired. This is from earlier this afternoon. A pre-show comment from Helmut. Helmut Cormales, Helmut. friend of the show. Hello, Helmut. After the Simeon, good, uh, yeah, good list <laughs> yeah. of players to look into one time. So keep them coming. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. there's that, that's the a rep. That's what I'm talking about. After the Simeon and Seeger signings, what happens to Texas middle infield prospects? Foscu, Josh Smith, and Ezekiel Duran, Josh Young at third base. No room there. Uh, yeah, this has been a running debate since these two massive signings went down for the Rangers with Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon about what. What, what about Nick Solak even? I mean, what is the story with all these guys? Yeah, Solak's probably going to get traded, I would think. Uh, Young, I think, will be the third baseman, maybe not right off the bat, but once the, well, depending on what happens with the CBA, but once the control deadline passes, if that sticks around, um, I think Young is going to be a contributor this year for the team, especially if they're trying to win games, which looks, it looks like they're doing. Um, Kiner Falafels is going to be like a utility guy then, I would think, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, Fosk, the order helmet had him there as an order that I, I think I like the players uh, for the future for the franchise. So Foscu, then Smith, then Duran, I think was the third guy. So I think Foscu is the most promising player of the group because he has a lot of power, which I like. He has a great plate approach, which I like. So um, he could be an impact guy pretty soon as well uh where does he play i don't know that's a good question um but they've got the dh uh and he might be a guy that you could stick in a corner outfield spot so um i i don't think he's going to be completely blocked 
if Josh Smith works out, I think it's more of like a a wild card anyway. So if he, if he forces the issue, that's a good thing. They're going to find somewhere to play him. Um, he's not a certain major leaguer, so uh, I wouldn't worry too much about him getting blocked anywhere. Um, and then Duran, I think, like I said, is maybe third on that pecking order, so he's he's probably not a huge impact player either. Uh, I think Foscue's the impact player on that list, and I think he's still going to play sooner than later. I don't think he gets blocked completely by these moves. Boy. Well, it's a good problem to have. There's nothing wrong with loading up on a buttload of talent and trying to see what you can do with it. So I'm a fan of this. I love Texas putting the money into it. I don't care. I don't run their front office. Who do I care? Who do I have to complain about here? Congratulations. You signed big-time talent in Texas, and now you have something to look forward to in 2022 because there's not going to be much to look forward to in about uh, 24 hours. We're on an eve here. It's lockout eve here on the Prospects <laughs> Power Half Hour with Phil Goyette. Make sure you follow Phil on Twitter at Phil of Sports. That's P-H-I-L of Sports. Phil of Sports. Get it? <laughs> and I'm at MJ Govier, of course. That's you. One That's thing me. About, one thing about those signings, too, somebody said it on Twitter earlier. You sign Seager and you sign Semyon now because you're not going to get to sign him next year. So uh, if you want those guys for year two or year three – if you're looking at that as your compete window, you got to sign them now because they're on the market now, right? And I think Seager will be a shortstop for probably the first half of that deal. Uh, Semyon can fill in at shortstop when Seager's not around. Semyon's more capable second baseman too. Both mm-hmm. the guys are offensive producers, so uh, I'm, I, the team definitely improved a lot. Um, let's see if it's a playoff team now. I think they need. They to got Cole Calhoun. They have no pitching, so I mean. You don't like well, they Spencer. Got you didn't like the Spencer Howard deal. We talked about that, but you no, like you didn't, didn't like it for that. different reasons too. But yeah, I thought they'd keep Kraus around because he might be a guy that is a back end rotation guy this year. They got John Gray, so <laughs> they did. We get to see John Gray outside of Coors Field, guys. It's and, a big moment. I've been waiting. And that's a nice pitcher's Coors. It is a nice pitcher's silver part. bullet. It is a nice. That's right. Part. So maybe they can develop somebody. Dave McDonald's here. He says, God damn it, Matt, shut up. Okay, well, that's a little harsh, Dave. I feel like we can be a little more accommodating. We like having people in the live chat. Thank you for joining us here. You can ask any questions you want of our prospects, and even if we don't know right away, we'll do our best to do an instant research update. But usually, usually Phil knows everybody. He really does. He knows his stuff. Uh, Jasper's here, too. Hello, Jasper. Good to see you, my friend. Always a regular hey, here Jasper. on the Prospects Power Half Hour. So uh, if there's no other questions in that realm, let's dive into some of the moves that are made. The Marlins-Pittsburgh deal. Jacob Stallings, veteran catcher, although a late-blooming veteran catcher, is in Miami now. And they got a bunch yeah. of catchers, by the way. Uh, do you remember late in the season this past year, they had like four catchers on the roster when they expanded the rosters a little bit? They had some guy named Nick something, I think. Uh, um, they had Alfaro made... running around in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of dudes, so everyone's saying, at least the people I talked to said, hey, Jacob Stallings is going to really help the pitching staff. That's good for uh, the young developing pitchers in Miami, which could be true, although he wasn't that great if you look at the defensive numbers and the metrics related to frame rate and all that stuff. But let's talk about Zach Thompson going to Pittsburgh, Kyle Nicholas, Connor Scott. Those are just flyers, like maybe they'll pan out, but Zach Thompson is the centerpiece? Yeah, yes, Uh, and Thompson should be... Like, for fantasy, we should know him for the upcoming year because he's probably going to pitch in the rotation. I think he'll be, like, the Pirates' fifth starter, potentially, out of the spring. 
Um, and he had a really nice rookie debut season. He was a White Sox cast off. I don't know what the org was thinking getting rid of him, but um, they didn't have anywhere to use him apparently. Um, so, and he kind of showed him. So I think Thompson could be a back end guy for Pittsburgh. Um, I think that Kyle Nicholas is interesting because he can touch 100 with the fastball, uh, which even though guys are throwing harder and harder, that still doesn't grow on trees, right? So um, he might not work out as a starter, but he does have the fastball to work in relief. So that could be a valuable piece for the for the club. Um, for fantasy, we probably only need to know about him if he does wind up starting, but it's not out of the question that he can do it. He comes out of Ball State University, which has produced some uh, major league pitching prospects the last few years. So that's a college to watch for some good. They Ball pop State? out some pretty good pitchers. Yeah, oh. Ball State in Indiana. Uh, Dre Jamison is a is a prospect in the uh, Diamondback system. Also, really hard thrower. I think he touches hundred as well. So they've they've put out some really nice pitchers. So um, Nicholas could be a reliever. Um, maybe if he develops a lot, can turn into a starter. Um, and then Connor Scott is like. Uh, the lotto ticket here. So uh, he was a first round pick. He always gets comped to Kyle Lewis or excuse me, Kyle Tucker of the Astros because they went to the same high school and they're both tall, kind of lanky left-handed bats that can play center field athletic. So they have a lot of similarities. Um, I don't think he's going to be a Kyle Tucker hitter. I think, you know, the pirates will be doing backflips if that's the case, but he really does have that kind of, upside he's a great athlete um he's got a really nice left-handed swing uh he's athletic enough to play center field so for the type of move that the that the pirates did i don't think jacob stallings (laughs) yeah 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 i just don't think think very highly of jacob stallings nothing personal jacob as a man i don't know you but yeah and then they went and signed roberto perez today from cleveland hey all right way to go ben charrington's on a roll he might be just as good, if not a better defensive catcher than Stallings. Um, a lot of White Sox fans were hoping, because we've seen a lot of Perez the last couple of years, that the team might actually, the White Sox might actually sign him as a backup catcher. Great defender and has a little pop too. So yeah, um, it's not a huge drop off. And then they got three lotto tickets on top of it. So Helmut says, thanks guys. Sucks to hear as a Smith and Duran owner. Yeah. If you're rostering those players, you're probably not thrilled to hear what Phil had to say, but Phil will never ever lie to you even if he doesn't want to tell you the truth he will because he knows that's all he can do he has to be honest phil goyette that's what they know him as in ireland and i definitely like both those players i was happy that smith got traded from the yankees to the rangers thinking there would maybe be some more opportunity for him in that middle infield situation i didn't foresee this happening and like i said i just think foscue's the guy out of the out of that three so if you can get foscue helmet try and get him Dave wants to know, do you have a favorite Cleveland prospect that you like to share? Maybe somebody, even if it's your favorite, who everyone knows. It doesn't have to be anyone discreet. Uh, Junior San Quentin, who we've talked about on the show before. That's my boy. Oh, yeah. That's power hitting shortstop Junior San Quentin, who can't quite, he still hasn't put it all together, but uh, there's a lot of potential there in that bat. I still think so. I still believe. Um, But George Valera is their impact guy. Um, and then, of course, they're Cleveland, so they have like a million pitchers. Um, the, they have two Logan Allens, Logan's Allen. Um, but the <laughs> more recent Logan Allen draftee that um, had a great season, I think he's Logan T. Allen, if that's correct. 
Um, he had a great season last year. He could be a rotation guy maybe next, not in 2022, but 2023 for Cleveland. So, okay. um, yeah, Cleveland's got a lot of arm talent. And then they tend to have a ton of these, like, switch hitting uh, middle infield types. Like, uh, yeah, they got Jose a... Ramirez, like Jose Ramirez, they have, like, 10 of those profile in their system. Guys, like, like not that they're going to be as good as Jose Ramirez, but same vibe. What, what about this guy? Yeah, John Kensi Noel. He had an awesome year last year. Really popped. That's a sweet name. John Kenzie mm-hmm. Noel. What a badass name. See, I love doing the show because I get to learn, too. I love prospects. I love Dynasty, but I don't know everything, and I admit that freely. That's why Phil is our prospects guru and the go-to guy on the Prospects Palazzo. On the Palazzo Prospects Power Half Hour. It's such a long name. It's so dumb. Why do I do this to myself? Uh, <laughs> Dave says, yeah, Noel is the popular up-and-comer. Ooh, popular, yeah. trendy. You know, and the guy I, I just I just picked in that in the dynasty mock that we're doing, I just picked Bobby Bradley, so he's not technically a prospect, but he's a younger uh first baseman. And uh especially in like an on-base league, if you're looking for power late, maybe he's a guy that hits 30 home runs this year. He, I think he has the a job. Cleveland's kind of in a weird spot. There's a lot of jobs available right now. So is the only reason I mix up or I connect Bobby Dahlbeck and Bobby Bradley because they both have Bobby in their name. But it's more than that, I swear. They're like similar no, players. Yeah. <laughs> they really true, are. True outcome, first baseman. First yep. baseman, yes. It's yep. more than Bobby, Absolutely. I swear. Bobby. Uh, okay, so that's the... Uh, do you think Zach Thompson is going to be your special pitcher real quick or no? Not special, but... Uh, three? Could he be a probably... three? No, I think he's more like a... A number five in a rotation, but oh. um, but that could, from being dropped by the White Sox, look where he's at now. Yeah, Richie Palacios, Dave just put up. Richie Palacios is he's one of those switch hitting middle infielders. They have like they have Bracco, Aaron Bracco. They got Palacios. They've got uh, I can't even remember everybody. Um, who's the kid? Everybody was really high on. He had a high BABIP to start the year. Uh, I can't remember now. Oscar yeah, Gonzalez, maybe. I don't know. Uh, they're knows. loaded with with that type of player. I still think George Valera is the big ticket, though. George Valera was very good by my estimated barrels and estimated ex-woba. Shockingly good, and he's young young for level. So, Well, they're officially the Guardians now, so in case you didn't know, it, it, the transition has officially been done. It's complete. They are the Cleveland Guardians. What about Gabriel Ar- Arias? You got me stumped right now. Brian Brian Rocchio. Uh he's a yeah, shortstop. Rocchio's another switch hitting middle infielder. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, there's Aaron Bracco, Arias, there's Angel Martinez. Angel Martinez Owen, is the guy I was thinking of. Owen Miller came up and played this year. He was part of the, the Yeah, uh, deal. he's another one. So, so. they like And I loved Yu Chang. Yu Chang was yeah. a guy that I really liked. Uh he's playing all over the place in a way, but they're not getting enough playing time. But I still like his bat. He's got some pop. Hit All right, that's enough. Guys. That's enough, Dave. That's enough Cleveland Guardians talk for this show. We've already gone way too long. <laughs> I'm giving you way too much respect for how little respect you showed me last night on the Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast, which I did with Justin Mason and Dave McDonald, which you can check out on their YouTube stream or on their podcast stream. And they start the show with the Cleveland song about you know how sad it is at times, which is funny, but they close it by saying, at least we're not Detroit, and we cannot stand for that. We will not stand for that, will we, Phil? 
Cleveland was always like the lesser version of Detroit, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the mistake, okay, the mistake by the Malake. Ah, uh, see, Dave, how's that feel? You wish you could be on here so you could talk, but you can't. I've banished you to the comment section. All right, let's talk about some of the hitters from Arizona Fall League. Last week, we covered the pitchers. There were some hitters, and I actually saw some of these guys. I did see Nelson Velasquez of the Cubs, who was one of the big hits this year. He really stood out, and he was in that game that I saw over in Surprise. What's the story with Nelson Velasquez? Is is this guy going to be an impact player soon or no? AFL hitter of the year. So, um and he's in the great he's in the right org for us right now because he kind of like uh, Cleveland there's there are jobs available in the Cubs organization for skilled outfielders. So they um, signed Clint Frazier today by the way. Yeah, there's another one. Interesting move. Um he just man, I don't know if the, it was the concussions and the injuries and everything just kind of conspired against him and playing in New York and um for Clint but uh the skills are still there. The bat speed's still ridiculous. So um, okay. If he can if he can harness it, uh, Velasquez, very athletic, uh, can cover I think all three outfield spots if needed. Um, I actually didn't know a lot about him before he started blowing up in the AFL. I went back and looked at my stats, and, and his barrel rate was double digits. Estimated barrel rate was double digits, which is super. And he had 17 stolen bases last year too. So there seems like some real fantasy potential there for Nelson Velasquez, who you can probably get on a flyer this off season. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great call. But speaking of great calls, you deserve a ton of credit on this show. You were talking about Juan Yepes going back to the yeah. summertime before he took off in the Arizona fall league this year, you were touting him as the next big deal that he was going to be a legit prospect for the Cardinals. And he went out and showed everybody what you'd already been mentioning. So going forward, henceforth, everyone, should always think of Phil Goyette whenever you hear Juan Yepes's name. Give Juan Yepes credit first, then give Phil Goyette credit right after that. Well done, sir. Juan Yepes can hit. I said I've been saying it all all season. He's can, he's really a hitter. The power took another step forward this year. Um, he's probably got to play first base, although they did have him running around in left field a little bit in the AFL, I think. So um, we really need the DH. We really need the NL DH. It's gonna happen. I think so too, but. I- I think it's yeah. Need I it. think we're good to go on this CBA deadline eve. The DH <laughs> mark it down now. Spooky. Spooky. It's going to be depressing, and they're going to be locked out until hell. It could be March even. I'm hoping it'll be mid February, but it'll probably go on beyond that. But people do get greedy, and money starts going away, and people get anxious. So maybe we'll get it sooner than later. Why not? You know, have an optimistic view of an absolute shit show of a situation. Matt says, uh, Brett Beatty is a hitting machine. He could be yes. up in June. He crushed AFL early. Agree. Yeah, agree all the way. Some, <laughs> some uh, when they when the Mets picked him, uh, he was old. He was like an old prep prospect. And there's been research that the younger you are as a prospect, the better your chances are of being both a major linger and an impact prospect. So people built that into their models when they draft players. And so there was some criticism of the Mets for taking Beatty because he was older. Um, but I think that looks pretty foolish now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with Matt. He can really crush. And third baseman, too. So so J.J. Blade, people have been ripping on him recently. Not ripping, but they've been saying, eh, he might not live up to the hype. 
But, you know, he looked okay in AFL. He showed some promise again. There's hope. He looks like he could yeah. still do what people expected him to do. Are you still on board? Yeah. I He looked um, like a change player a little bit in AFL, and he did make changes. Uh, he talked about some swing changes he made. Um, I think one thing he said he was focusing on was keeping his head quieter throughout his swing. And if you watch kind of before and after clips, you can you can see it. His head's moving less quieter, kind of like a golfer. Uh, where you want to keep, you know, your head movement to a minimum. So um, he's always been a, a – he's going to get on base. Uh, he's going to make enough contact. He's going to hit for some power. Um, he's he's going to be solid defensively. I've always said he's a little vanilla for fantasy purposes, which I don't love, like a Nick Barcakis-type compiler maybe. Um, but if the power took another step with the swing changes he's made and with the approach changes, then we got a kind of a – the whole different ball of wax with J.J. Blade. Nick Markakis doesn't inspire a lot of excitement, but uh, he was a reliable player at times, so that's, you know, it could be yeah, worse. Compiles. Yeah, yep. yeah. Absolutely. He could be Pat Sheridan. I'd rather be Nick Markakis than Pat Sheridan, wouldn't you? Sure. <laughs> I mean, Pat Sheridan was serviceable, but I think Nick Markakis had a better career. So That's off the yep. top of my head, of course. We have nothing to back that up with. Pat Sheridan is a local reference for us uh, Detroiters here. Go Tigers! In the 80s. He was a big part of uh, some good teams I back believe, then. I believe he was in the original RBI baseball. I think oh, yeah. yeah. Sprites. He's definitely on the uh, that Tigers team, no doubt about it. Uh, who the hell's Elijah Dunham? Should we care? Yeah, I think so. I didn't. Here's another guy that you kind of discover from watching stuff that happened in the AFL. Um, he he got picked by the Pirates initially, uh, but didn't sign. Um, and then he wound up signing a minors free agent deal with the Yankees instead. Uh, but his ops in the AFL was over a thousand. Uh, he hit 13 home runs. He stole 28 bases in the minors last year. Uh, his estimated ex woba was nice, 344. That's a little bit above average. Uh, his barrel estimate nine nine and a half percent is solid. So he's a, you know, extremely deep name that what the Yankees are backfilling their, their system with again, they always have guys. So uh, I would keep my eye on Dunham next year, especially dynasty leaguers. My man. Okay. Dynasty. We got a comment here. Elijah Dunham exclamation point from helmet. So that's sounds like a good thing. Woo. Elijah Dunham. What about exciting? Uh, what about Nick Gonzalez? I mean, it's kind of obvious now he's a really good hitter, and there's no yeah. debate about this at all. I actually want to ask yeah. you, though, would you rather have Austin Martin or Nick Gonzalez? Because in the draft, they both went near each other in that draft. If you had to do it again, who would you rather have? Nick Gonzalez. Okay. So I think we've I think we've broached this topic of conversation before. I just really? like Nick Gonzalez. Has, yeah, I think Nick Gonzalez has the better power upside he has since college. The real question was with him was whether those college stats were a mirage because he played at a smaller school in a, in a weaker conference, but it doesn't look like it. So, and Austin, when Austin Martin got traded to the Twins, uh, my comment was, "Oh, great! Now they have two Royce Lewises." So, which isn't terrible, but for but for fantasy, there's no standout. There's no standout tool that you want to mine for. By the way, have you ever donated to Wikipedia when they ask you to? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dictionary. I, yeah, but you know, 
If you ever use Wikipedia, every year or so or every six months, they do these oh, big yeah. drives where they hit you up with a pop-up ad that says, please, please give money. And I never have. And I feel like I kind of owe them because I've, you know, I've put a lot of time in Wikipedia over the years. I feel like I owe them at least one donation, like five bucks, you know? Don't let them guilt you into it. Okay, uh, last one. Pick any of these guys that we were going to talk about, but we got to go because it's only yeah. a half-hour show. So give me one last hitter from the <laughs> AFL for the road. Gabriel Moreno was the guy that popped on the estimated barrels of, like, the very first time I ran them. Uh, so this would have been 2019, I believe. Um, and now it sounds like he could be a starting catcher for the Blue Jays this year. So if he's if for some reason, Uh-oh. maybe you're playing a dynasty league that's shallower or something, go get Moreno because if he is a starting catcher, uh, he can really hit too. Um, and I got in the notes here. He's still 21 years old until February, and he could be starting major league games this year. So, Is Kirk not in the catcher plans anymore? Um, the, he's been rumored to be in trade talks. Jansen and Moreno, the team like – well, at, okay, so a lot of the trade rumors are uh, have Moreno in there, um, but the team is so high in them that they don't want to move him. That's kind of the current state of the catching situation. Jansen and Moreno are probably the two most likely they want to keep around, and so then Kirk becomes expendable. Kirk is also still very young. Uh, he's also very heavy, and he's five foot eight, and uh, he can hit. He can definitely hit, man. But there are issues with durability there, which are legit. All right, there it is. Phil Goyette has spoken. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Prospects power half hour. It's been a pleasure doing it. We do it once a week, half hour or less, essentially. We got a lot of lot of activity this week. Thanks for all the interaction yeah, from the fun. live chat. Yeah, that was cool. Fantastic. You guys make the show that much better. So next week we'll do it again. And until then, uh, next time we see you, there'll be a lockout in full effect, y'all. And uh, we wish you guys the best with all that. Oh, John Wilder says, follow me, Phil, on Twitter now. Great show. Great find. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. You're the man. Good to meet you. And that's a great way to go. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wonder Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just